0: This week we're continuing our elephant in the room series and today we're talking about adaptation we're talking about change Brian and I had a mentor one time and he told us change in the church is hard it's like trying to turn a cruise ship you figure out where you want to go then you've got to start turning years in advance plot your course incremental adjustments eventually you're headed the direction you always wanted to go and then You start again. Crews' ships turn slowly. It's a byproduct of their size, something that big, moving in one direction, doesn't like to stop. Which is why they have tons of technology for seeing what's ahead. Maps, sonar, sometimes guide boats. They're hard to turn. The crew of the Titanic sighted an iceberg about 900 feet away the night that it sank three football fields. But it would have taken the ship a half mile to come to a stop. They reversed the engines, cut hard to swerve, but the ship couldn't turn fast enough. The iceberg gashed a hole in the bottom and it sank within hours. Something that big, moving in one direction, is hard to stop. Well, There are 2.4 billion Christians in the world. 37 million churches. That's a big ship. Add to that that the church has a 2,000 year long history. We've got a holy scripture, that doesn't change. The CP denomination has a constitution with the same amendment process as the US Constitution. Congressional approval, state approval, back for congressional approval, minimum of a year. We vote. We have committees. A cruise ship isn't made to cut and weave. Generally, the church isn't either. Kind of troubling, isn't it? When you say something like that alongside the story of the Titanic, What kind of iceberg could the church be heading to? Too big to turn around, too much inertia, too much history to adapt to what's ahead. Our elephant in the room this morning is that the church as an institution, it doesn't have a reputation for adaptability. In a world that is constantly shifting, churches often are a refuge of stability and constancy. In church, change is really hard. Really, in life, change is hard. But churches, churches are made to remain faithful to this event that happened in the past, to the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What does it mean then for times like this, when the world is changing so rapidly? For wisdom, we turn to Jesus in Luke chapter five. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of the new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise they will have torn the new garment and patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wine skins. Otherwise the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out and the wine skins will be ruined. No new wine must be poured into new wine skins. And no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This parable from Jesus has been used to justify many a new thing in many a church. New wine needs new wineskins. Jesus tells this parable after several encounters with those famous Pharisees. He's forgiven a man's sins, and the Pharisees grumble. Jesus goes to dinner with a corrupt tax collector, Levi, and he invites his friends to eat with them, and the Pharisees, upon seeing it, grumble. And Jesus' disciples didn't fast and pray like the disciples of the rabbis, and Jesus said, they can't fast, they're celebrating that I'm with them, and again, the Pharisees grumble. And with all this grumbling, Jesus tells this parable. This one that we just read this morning. Obviously, Jesus is the new thing. You need new wineskins to hold him. Bada bing, bada boom. The church needs to change. Except Jesus is also the old thing. Healing the sick, forgiving sins, paying attention to the forgotten, the hungry, the neglected. These are not new. When Jesus explains what he's doing, he doesn't make up new scriptures. He uses old scriptures from Leviticus and Deuteronomy, Isaiah and the Psalms. The old scriptures. So Jesus is the old thing. He was in the beginning. He is the blueprint of all creation. All things were created through him. So he's the old wine, but he's also the new So is he the old thing, or is he the new thing? Let's listen to the parable one more time and let yourself really encounter the confusing nature of it. He told them this parable, no one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch to an old one, otherwise they will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be put into new wineskins. But no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. Is the new wine even good? The spirit is the same since the beginning, it's not new. So if the spirit is the wine, then we want the old wine, right? Or is it the new wine because of Jesus and we need to get rid of the old wineskins to hold the new wine and the clothes image just makes it all the more confusing. Don't tear a piece of a new garment to fix an old. Well, then what does Jesus want us to do? Keep both garments? to fix old ones, or chuck the old ones all together? Should we be following every new thing, or should we be holding on to the old? Is Jesus the new thing, or the Spirit the old thing, or both, or, or neither? The more you think about it, the more confusing the parable becomes. Our elephant in the room this morning lands a smack in the middle of this parable. And here's a flash for you. The church is not known for being adaptable. It has a reputation for liking the old things in the old ways. Many churches, in fact, are built specifically not to change. At one church in which we've worked, it took a committee decision to change the bulletin. I'm not talking about the liturgy or the word spoken. I mean, to change the order of the service, to change the front cover of the bulletin, you had to call a worship committee meeting, have it approved, and then change it. There's a fear behind regulating something like the change of a bulletin. A simple fear. That's the fear that somebody won't like change It's a fear that the change might upset someone people are happy with the bulletin they're attached to the bulletin who knows what happens if we change it pandora's box angry letters to the editor pastor's inbox is flooded no one can worship because of the disrupted bulletin i already told you One of our mentors told us that changing a church is like turning a cruise ship. So I googled it wondering if he came up with this image himself. And the first result that I found was a blog where someone else's mentor told them something very similar. This guy said, introducing change into your community needs to be treated like turning a cruise ship. You turn too quickly, everyone gets seasick and wants out. But if you adjust your course by one degree every few miles, everyone on board will embrace the final destination. Which is a very different justification. You see, our mentor's justification was that the church, as an institution, it's made to hold tradition. It turns slowly because that's how it's made. But this other justification is that a cruise ship is a vacation on a boat. It's a fun escape, and people are on it to have a good time, and if you turn quickly, they're suddenly not having a good time. They want to get off the boat because it's not fun anymore. The church shouldn't change, shouldn't shift, shouldn't alter course because people might not like it. Can't change because the bulletin might be something they don't like which if you can't change the bulletin for fear of upsetting your passengers then we can assume that quite a few other things are in that category too the style of music who can lead worship what can be studied and how it can be studied and where it can be studied it's an elephant in the room that churches are not known for being good at change it's like turning a cruise ship Maybe because they're not made for it. Maybe because they can't turn too fast or everyone will up and leave. But I don't buy any of that. Ironically, the ground beneath this metaphor of the cruise ship has shifted because cruise ships today can turn quickly. They've got new propellers that can swivel 360 degrees, meaning they can do a tight three point turn. These things are different enough that now they think even at 900 feet, the Titanic could have dodged the iceberg. If cruise ships can adapt to turn faster, then my sense is that churches can too. It's not actually built into churches that things can't shift. We don't see that. It's usually that people don't build churches to be able to change. But in our time here at Scottsboro CP Church, this church has consistently displayed the capacity and willingness to make changes, adaptations, and maintain traditions. We have shifted course quickly at times, And we have done it while remaining faithful to the same old mission. In Luke, Jesus starts his ministry in a rush. Doing the old things, but doing the old things in a new way. And as he does, people get seasick, disrupted to the point they can't tell if these are the old things or the new things. And if you've been living in the same world that I've been living in lately, you're probably feeling some of that too. Things are shifting, changing. We feel disoriented at church, at school, in life. And amid all the changes, amid the adaptations, the question that matters is, are we fulfilling our mission? Are we fulfilling our mission? That's really the question that matters. We're not a vacation boat, in case you haven't noticed. We're not a fun escape. We are a missioned organization. And a lot of society is built around our desires and our preferences and the idea that the customer is always right, but that is not true here. Here Jesus is always right and here our leadership will work to keep us lined up with what Jesus wants. Now there are some seasons in the church that'll feel a bit like Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Seasons where the church will be a place of calm, tranquility, a respite of constancy in the chaos of this world. But there are other times where the church is more like a Navy ship Those red lights start flashing, and the horns are blaring, and we all need to grab onto something because Jesus is cranking the wheel, and we are going somewhere. And that's what happens here in Luke 5. Jesus isn't setting a new destination, but the seas have shifted, and the tides are pushing differently, and Jesus begins his ministry and immediately sets about doing the old things in new ways. He forgives a man's sins himself instead of using the Levitical sacrifice, and he eats with these sinners and doesn't require them to purify first. Almost immediately, Jesus begins offending people. Not by doing new things. He offends people by doing the old things in new ways. And then he says, no one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one and no one pours new wine into old wineskins and no one after drinking old wine wants the new for the old tastes better. No one after drinking old wine wants the new straight away for they say the old is better which is true, wine needs rest for a certain time, it needs to mature, the flavors intermingle, things happen that wine people could describe to you, otherwise wine tastes like alcoholic grape juice. Old wine does in fact taste better. It has matured and so do the old practices of church. They are well-worn routines. They are familiar. The kinks are all worked out. We don't want to change because the old way tastes better. It is more mature. That is just true. But when a new situation comes, when new wine is being poured out, we've only got two options. We can keep the old way, drink the old wine until it's gone, or, Make new wineskins to hold the new wine. Because you can't put new wine in old wineskins. When new wine goes into a skin, it begins to oxidize, and chemical reactions, the air expands, and old wineskins are not morally wrong. The problem is simply that they've lost their stretch. And if you put new wine in them as it oxidizes, the old wineskin has no stretch. Eventually it bursts and you lose all the wine. When the world changes, when the spirit offers new wine, we have to build new wineskins. This is true as the church, this is true as individuals, as families, as businesses, as schools. Sometime around March, we went to digital worship. Then in June, we moved to this hybrid format of in the car and inside the fellowship hall. And frankly, these moments make you miss the old wine. You look longingly at the sanctuary and remember how perfectly it all tasted. The mix was just right. We look at it and think the old was better. It was better. But now God is pouring out a new wine. So we better build new wineskins or we'll miss it. We're going to have to adapt. We have to. change because the mission, the mission of the church is the same. The mission of the church has not changed. To worship and glorify God. To raise up disciples and to send disciples out into the world to build up the last, the least, and the lost. That is the mission of our church. That is the mission of the church. And it is because of the mission that we have to adapt. In order to worship God together during this pandemic, we've had to adapt. In order to build up disciples, we've had to adapt. To serve the lost and the least, we've had to adapt. Change is hard. It is exhausting. And as an institution, as a church, it has required and will require patience. It has and will continue to require all of us putting our entire selves into it. We're all gonna have to drink some immature wine. Wine that doesn't taste quite right yet. But the alternative is the elephant in the room. The alternative is to listen to the people who think the church cannot adapt. It's like turning a cruise ship can't happen. We might as well shut down till COVID is over because we can't change in time. Not here. we're, We're not a cruise ship. Not here. We are a church. And we're following Jesus even if it makes us a little seasick. Even if the wine doesn't taste quite right. We can do this. We can adapt. We can change. It won't be fun all the time, but we can because we are the church. Besides, these days, even a cruise ship can make a three-point turn.